production or anything? Nope. There's not Slow like a roll. title screen? Don't need it. Nope. Not We're just like going. We just three, start talking. Blip, two, blip, one, blip, and... This is hey, Growing Pains there it is. with Nicholas Flores. See, i got to keep you guys around. This is going to be the new intro. We're hoping. <laughs> We're, We're so, giving you everything we got. And so you all three... Well, Cam's over here off camera, so you guys won't be able to see her. Are from something different. That's right. How would you describe that? It's indescribable, and it's different every time. If you have expectations, we hope to break them. As well as the fourth, fifth, and sixth wall. We broke six walls last time. Metaphorical walls. Metaphorical You got to open your mind a little bit for uh, something different. But I was going to say, I'm only familiar with up to the fourth wall. So Close. five and six, I'm missing out on. Should have been there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you, well, you can't see them now. They're see, broken. Oh, the, yeah. the invisible wall. We broke the sound wall. Barrier? Wall. Both. Yeah. How loud is this? <laughs> Wait, is this... That, you, yeah, can so you like crank the volume so we can yeah. break the sound barrier? Yeah, we could do that. It might piss off some of the listeners, but uh, well, let's skip it then. Yeah, we can all speak in registers only dogs can hear. Drives them crazy. Oh wow! And so you are the host of something different. Which would you call it a variety show? Would you call it? It's adjacent something different. To that? Something different. Yeah, um, it's an interview show. It's moderately modeled after a late night talk show. Um, there is always visual elements and, um, for the last show, I was going to let Shirley talk about what we did because Shirley was part of the whatnots along with Cam and, uh, they were able to do an act in the show and perform as their puppet characters. And, um, I can tell you all about the second show, but let's get ourselves caught up and Shirley was there and was a part of the show. Why don't you tell us about it? Oh, man, first one was a hit, Shay. Had a lot of fun. Uh, let's see the guests. It was neat. First one, we had an artist, local artist, who I'd seen all over the community, never talked to, who's really cool to kind of hear some of what she did. But, you know, um, let's see. We had some great live music going for part of it, and I think you plan to bring more of that in next show. Um, but there was some breaking of walls. We broke you at the fourth wall. You know, everyone loves the fourth wall and talk to the audience a little bit. But uh, Shay brought in our puppets. We were up in the booth running tech. Uh, me and my partner, Cam, sort of do puppets in the community locally. And, uh, you know, got to perform with that and answer some questions. And uh, it, it was cool. Uh, Shay's other host is, an, is also a puppeteer in the community. And we've done a few shows with him at some local venues at the sanctuary. And, uh, so it's kind of like bringing the family together a little bit, you know, getting everyone on stage like that. But um, yeah, and also really cool to, you know, see some people I'd always always had in my periphery, but never really uh, checked in on. So, And it's, how does one become a puppeteer? Oh, man, I'm still trying to find out. on Long road. Yeah, you know, um, it's real simple. I think it lives in all of us. You know, a funny voice and a ratty sock will get you pretty far. Uh, we like to do a videos. Uh, the performances are fun, but you know we do a lot of like animation, and uh, that that kind of brings in other elements too. The puppets are kind of like a jumping off point. But um, yeah, how does one become a puppeteer? Just uh, lucky, I guess. Yeah, just lucky, I guess. Uh-huh. And so you guys are the puppeteering act, and that have you just done two shows of something different? Has this been an ongoing thing? Um, well, something different. Ha- I started in 2010, and 
And right be and then I restarted it when I came back to Arcada right before pandemic. And then I sort of had to like I was gonna reboot it, but then I had to shut it down for three years. And then this is the this was our first reboot of the reboot post pandemic, post plague, something different show. And we have um four shows planned so far, four monthly shows and um hopefully more. Um but uh for the next show, we're we have a similar format where it's just uh, four different guests, and we interview each of them. We've got Orion um, Peterson Jones, who's uh, doing music, and we have AOK the Clown, who's going to. Um, he's an old friend of mine. He's from Willow Creek Circus Nature, and um, he's. He's going to do a little juggling act, maybe unicycling something. I don't know. But then I'm going to get to interview him about what he does, where he does his clowning shows, how he learned how to clown. Um, and then we've got Paul, Paul Patino, who's a former Arcata City Council member, and he's a friend of mine, my neighbor, and he's, uh, you know, fun to talk to. Uh, he wears a nice hat and so. Uh, just a member of the community that we get to interview, and um, it's going to be a wonderful show. We also have a, um award-winning belly dancer, Rachel Sanders, who's going to come, and she's going to perform to uh, live sitar, and um, she's going off to be, like, get an award or uh, be a judge of a belly dance festival. I don't know. We're, it's so... Um, Last time was a little bit of a rehearsal, but this time we're uh, stepping it up and we're going to have a really fun show. So really a little bit of everything goes up on stage. I've also seen in some of your videos you have like comedy acts go up. Yeah. Um, let's see. The, the first time we were rebooting, I uh, made emphasis of female comedians, comedians in the community. Um, uh Megan and um, Calvi were on multiple times, but I just just to switch it up, it's such a male atmosphere at comedy clubs and comedy in general. I I like opened each show with a female comedian. And so, what's your layout? You bring a guest on, you interview them, and then they perform their act. Uh, uh, if you expect to see that, I'm gonna plan something different name of the show something different yeah so what so like we broke the fifth wall right what are the fifth and sixth walls so i'm over here i'm not sure yeah i think we made them up well no it's a it's like the fourth walls uh engaging uh, with the audience right Mm -hmm. and so the walls in between you and the audience now the fifth wall is behind the audience the light booth there's like a wall between the back of the audience's head and the tech area. And so that's where the puppets were. So that's a fifth wall, right? Five. Five uh, and then but, six. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, Bobby Burns wall. is uh, Sean Powers' puppet. And so he was um, a puppeteer um, just being in Bobby Burns the whole time until the very end when we revealed that Sean Powers was Kevin Powers' brother. And so it became a family show, and we dragged him out from behind the puppet stage, which is sort of like a wall between the puppeteer and the audience. So that was our sixth wall. You guys are adding metaphorical walls in with physical walls. 
Right. Well, I mean, there's curtains that are and like set pieces that are usually part of the walls in a theater. Right. That's where the fourth wall comes. I don't know. That theaters seem to be in people's garages these days. And I yeah, we've see, got curtains I, in here. Hopefully, we're not breaking any walls because well, we're breaking, getting a little awkward in here. No, we're it's something different. So, so every time, yeah, we broke different. walls last show. The social media podcast wall is yeah. what we're tromping over right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so your background specifically, you come from that circus performer realm, right? Oh yeah, that one. But well, is that the the hat that you feel most comfortable wearing, or what would you say? Um, I I think I'm like a producer, director sort of guy, but for a long time I've done solo acts performing, and then I've toured with troops. But for this particular enterprise with the Something Different show, I'm really glad that you were able to um, bring me on your show so we can see your setup and see how see what it is to be in the big pod, local podcast game. This is nice. Yeah, I don't know about the big game, but yeah. definitely local <laughs> podcast realm. And then uh, on Sunday, I went to the Outer Space. They have a little variety show that they sort of capture and stream and put together there in a little uh, garage-shaped area. And um, the theater that we're performing at, the Exit Theater, um, one of the guests at our last show was the producer and artistic director of the exit theater it's at 890 on the plaza in arcada up above the mattress store on the second floor and um she was able to talk about upcoming gigs i put a clip of it on the something different website and um exit theater is a very intimate theater um only seats like 35 but um i i'm good friends with cam here uh, off the microphone but uh i i've worked with cam in the circus five years ago when i came back to arcada and i know that they're very adapt at doing the tech and the lighting and stuff so i approached camille first to help me with the lights and um what's cool about the exit theater beyond all that is that they have this crazy video system and so they 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 just started doing shows or sort of newer to the Arcada Humboldt area, and that we get to because it's a something different show. I'm sort of trying to use the space as much as I can in every way I can, and every way that we can think of doing it differently than it's been done before. Uh, we're gonna be able to use the. They have three moving cameras and stuff, but uh, Shirley is uh, has stepped up and learned the video system and also has experience doing it. So maybe yeah. you could tell, tell us about how awesome it is to work oh, in this exit Nick. theater. It's pretty cool setup. You know, uh, spent a few years in local television and uh, they have functionality that we would have loved to have had, you know, the ability to program camera movements and stuff. And I mean, it probably sounds pretty basic, but um, I don't know. My eyes are wide in there. Um yeah, and I, I think they're uh, kind of built for streaming. I think we're excited to capture and then, you know, like I said, edit, animate, you know, add add all the cool stuff in. Um, but yeah, a couple of cameras, a couple of mics, and um, I, I guess the, the Richard said it was like the seventh theater he set up. Not doing all the streaming and stuff, but still just uh, kind of represents in my mind at least this this legacy, this artistic legacy of two really cool theater heads, you know. 
and some pretty sweet technical equipment behind the scenes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they, they, they've, yeah, spared nothing, a lot of attention to detail. And so it's, it's, it's a real cool space. Just sort of feels like it's uh, waiting for something magical to happen. And, uh, I think we're trying to meet it where it's at, you know, and I mean, Shay, Shay does a pretty good job. Um, so are, th- are we on camera right now? Yeah. Really? Yeah, wait, we're going. Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, can I play? T- oh, here? No, that's that's not yours. That's yours. This one. Oh, hey. Hi, Mom. <laughs> so no one else is coming. No, it's just us. There's no audience. No, it's just us. Where is the... Yeah, this right. is different. There's no live audience. Well, Cam's our live audience today, but... What up, boo? Normally, it's just the people in front of the cameras. Um, well, this is fantastic. Hi out there, viewing audience. Is there a, are they like commenting and like do we know how many are out there? Uh, how yeah. does this work? It's just streamed. It's basically like what you guys do, except it's live streamed. But you don't really think about it once you get going. You're just it's oh, yeah, very it's, comfortable. It should be. Yeah, that's how I I try to keep it very low key because otherwise you start thinking about the cameras and you start thinking about the mics and it's like. People can, mom. yeah, people can spiral. Well, um, <laughs> all right. Well, speaking uh, of which, I was gonna ask the hammer is yeah. I've never had a guest bring a hammer into the studio. Well, um, are we breaking uh, walls? Oh, yeah, Brett. I, well, hope we're not I, I see walls. a wall to break right there. Hi, I one th- this is this is a wall to as many audience members as can possibly be viewing it, and they can come back later maybe and come view it. So, hi there, future of. You said growing pains, right? Growing pains. Yeah. Oh, huh. Yeah, see, because just for the captive audience, I'm not sure exactly what he's doing here or why it's set up like this, and maybe he can explain it to us. So, Nick, um, how does this work? Why is it? Is this just supposed to be listened to, or are we supposed to be looking at it, too? Uh, it varies. I mean, people listen to it. They watch it. Do you guys listen to podcasts? You consume podcasts? I love podcasts. Oh, yeah, so you uh, yeah. get it. Totally. It's just... It's like listening to a radio show. Okay. You can watch it if you want to, or you can just well, listen. Well, maybe you can like describe some things so that. Wait, uh, I'm trying to. I'm still trying to figure out what the hammer situation yeah, is. Yeah, we're getting to it. You gotta wait. Oh, this is a slow buildup. Wow. Wait, how you said an hour and a half, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have to go slow the whole time. We can play it out. Okay. 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 There's a lot of tension around the hammer. I know. I we're, see. It's a nice hammer. Oh wow! Oh, okay, they can but, actually see because I was gonna lie. It's it's huge. So all of you viewing audience out there, this is a rope. See, it's a rope. Now, um, for people that maybe can't see the camera here, um, I'm going to uh, hand this over to our fine host here, Nick. If you guys don't mind, I'm and, gonna hold the rope. Yeah, just inspect the rope. Here we go. This is uh, the sound of me tossing a rope to Nick. Okay. Now, uh, now, so Nick is carefully. Um, inspecting this rope making sure that there's no velcro or nope snaps or anything magical about it yep. it's just a rope right? just a rope okay now um give it back very good okay so um i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of like describe what i'm doing here um but if any of you are in the future yeah. and have surpassed these growing pains of understanding what is going on here um i'm gonna show it to the camera while describing it so um I'm going to tie a one-handed knot. Ready? Oh, that shit. was the sound of a one-handed knot. Now, um, this is stage magic. Not, it's just a series of knots on a rope. 
it, it with a company by a cute story that should be moderately entertaining, but um, way to really sell it. I like the whole moderately entertaining yeah. part of that. <laughs> well, there's we don't need to use any TikTok video manipulation. There's not really uh, a cut. This is all live to you, the viewing audience there. Um, and we have Nick or the back of his head, side of his head as a live viewer. So this it. This isn't CGI. This is a real rope. You just inspected it, right? Okay, so you wake up in the morning, you tie your shoes in a bow like that. I try. And then you get home. At the end of the night, you untie the bow. Get up the next day, and you tie your shoes in a bow again. But you see, this day is different because you get one end caught through that loop, and then you get the other end caught through this loop. And when you get home at the end of the second night, it gets tied in a knot. See? So you wrap it around your hand, call upon the spirits, Buddha, Jesus, Gandhi, Elvis, whatever kind of spirits you like. You take the knot, you pull it to the end of the rope, bounce to the ground, catch it, put it in your pocket, save it for later. Magic. Pop whiz. For you guys out there. Oh, the hammer, right. Okay. Uh, I got another thing in here. Uh, you want to inspect the hammer? Make sure that it's... I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a hammer. No tricks. That's a no trick gimmicks, hammer. No wires. No hiding Feels spaces. Like okay. No collapsible areas. No mirrors. Okay. I like peas and carrots. We have the hammer. And I brought something real special with me. That's a nail. The twenty penny nail. One who, the carpenter out there. Um, do you want to inspect the nail? Should I? Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Okay. All right, we got it. We got the blocking. Sorry, our blocking. Yep. Okay. You see all that red stuff on there? The rust? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's blood. No, just that's how this trick goes. It's rust. It's... But uh, it still makes it more dangerous. So, um, brought one more thing with me today, and that's my nose. And I'm not sure, um, how. If this is impressive anymore, I learned this in Coney Island. This is a Coney Island sideshow trick called the human blockhead. But at this point, everyone's had like a cotton swab stuck up their nostril, right? And so, I mean, is this still impressive? The human blockhead? I mean, uh, I don't even know. I don't know what's happening. With with, with COVID, oh, everyone's sticking a swab in your nose all the time, right? You know. So okay. it's not special anymore. <laughs> but so. Uh, Hopefully, I can impress you guys out there and the viewing audience. But uh, look, real nail, real hammer, real nose. You can't buy a nose that good. No rhinoplasty here. All right, here we go. Driving a nail. It's going to go about that far in. If you... Oh, you All didn't right. tell me about this. Driving a nail into okay, my head. But. I mean, is this still impressive? It's the COVID era. Everyone... I don't know. It depends on how this is going to go. All right. All right. Here we go. Driving. Oh, Wait, hang on. Let me lube up the nail. Clear out the passageway. <laughs> what a gentleman. All right. Here we go. Driving a nail into my nose. Ta-da. It's definitely in his nose. All right. Um, Fuck. So... I mean, is it? But I mean, like everyone's had that done with, uh, with the yeah. But I don't think uh, yeah with a cotton swab, but with a nail, it's just a little bit less soft. I guess they don't go in as far, huh? So it goes in this far. 
Now, did you Ta-da. just decide to do that one night? Or did you see somebody else do that and thought this feels right? You went to Coney Island, didn't you? Um, I've been to, I have certificates from two sideshow schools. Uh, after, in 2000, after my freshman year at what was then at Humboldt State University, I went to a sideshow 101 class at San Francisco School of the Circus Arts. Learned how to breathe fire, walk on glass, drive a nail in my nose, other things. And are those just the staples that they teach in those schools? Do they update their courses to more modern things? How does that work? When you Is that a clown school? That's what I think of when I hear a clown school. Is that what you would say that is? Or just a circus performing school? I you want to go first? I just assume, yeah, she's got a lot more to say. I, I assume that clowning and, and sideshow are very different. Like, I, I love clowning, and I, I, don't, I don't know Completely anything about this shit at all. So the uh, San Francisco School of the Circus Arts is now the San Francisco Circus Center. It's down by Kizar Stadium um, near uh, Haight Street in San Francisco. And it was started by the Pickle Family Circus. And um, one of the founders directed me in a Commedia dell'arte show when I was in high school. Um, I grew up near San Francisco. And so they started this school, and, I, and before they even started, I was watching the Pickle Family Circus because they were performing in the area. And I sort of like went back and followed up by taking Chinese acrobatics and then this Sideshow 101 class. But that was 23 years ago. So in about 2010, I went to Coney Island Sideshow School. It's like a week-long certificate uh, program. And uh, I just, there's a couple acts that I wanted to to catch up on, like the Electric Girl Act. I hadn't really um, figured out how to work the Violet Ray Wand yet, so figured that one out. And then uh, uh, I needed to repractice sword swallowing, and I caught my face on fire, breathing fire, so I want to like get some more confidence. Might need another round at that, yeah. Yeah, but better now. But yeah, that was in two, that was thirteen. So this is all along growing pains. Uh, yeah, different. Luckily, my face is not getting caught on fire doing this. I don't know if yeah. I have what it takes for that. I've never had an accident blowing fire. You blow fire too. So no, guys, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Damn it, Nick. I missed the bit. Yeah, I, I get right. it. I missed it at the <laughs> time. Well, because you guys actually, well, one of you blows fire. I did. I, I blew fire last Physical weekend fire. at the at Arts Alive in Eureka, at the Mendelssohn um, Art Area. Performed with Bella Vita Fire Company on Saturday night. But so when you go to school for that, are you picking what tricks or techniques you want to learn? Is it just a course where you have to go through all of them, and then you kind of find what one speaks to you? How does that all work out? Well, both times I went, there's only about 10 people in the class. So um, I guess you have to be a weirdo to be interested in the first place. But it's not like we were, we all learned everything because there wasn't that many of us. And there's one, the first one was nine weeks, all once a week during the summer. And then the one in Coney Island was like uh, one week or nine days. And learn something new every day it's an interesting set of skills to pick up uh well there's a lot of history to it 
and that's what I was the most interested in back. Um, there used to be these things called books that you would read. It was actually like a physical thing, like pages that you would flip. I don't know if you kids just read on your phone now or how this, I mean, is there going to be subtitles on the, on this podcast? Is it, they're oh, gonna not be live. Not, not live. live. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so in the library, uh, that's a th that's a place where you can check out books. It's like how we used to learn stuff hmm. before. I guess I think, now you listen to a podcast, huh? Yeah, to learn I stuff. think some people still read. I think it's out there. Well, the but like reading a book is different than being literate. Like you can read just on your phone and never pick up a book. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna do. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, the anything that was unique. I was a I was a theater major when I came to uh, Humboldt State, and um, I, I was majoring in lighting design. But I just learned how to juggle, so I read every book on the circus, and they're all like outdated, talking about like Ringling Brothers and like. Dust Bowl Circus and Turn of the Century, Golden Age Circus. So I I learned all that stuff, but all the new stuff with Cirque du Soleil and Neo Circus, that's like sort of on the podcast realm where it's like the, there's no reason to publish a book about it because you could just put it on a podcast. Well, and sometimes it's easier to learn if you're watching somebody do the thing than if you're reading about how to do it. Yeah, the sideshow stuff is not, you don't really want to practice it much, is like have endurance and understand the science of it because, you know, you don't want to swallow a sword over and over and over again because you could hurt yourself any one time that you do it. And in the sideshow, you'd be doing it all day and people chip their teeth and all any any problem could happen when you're breathing fire you could catch yourself anyone else there's a there's a lot of it's more dangerous than the finesse of dancing or juggling so when you're specifically for say sword swallowing when you're doing that how how are you picking up that skill are you watching somebody do it and they're walking you through the technique are you just reading about it how does that work out uh well i went to the source i went to coney island and met sword swallowers and like paid money to get a certificate of people that were professional showing me step one to step 10 of how to do this. And, and I learned, you know, 10 years before in another like intimate with a teacher situation. And then I would suggest not trying most of the things that you see on a podcast these days because most of them are fake and you could just use a camera to make it look like a sword is being swallowed and why risk the harm if you can just fake it on tiktok does that bother you guys that you can kind of fake it more now with technology that you have all these advantages where you don't actually have to learn the skills just make it seem like you know how to do it uh you guys have you if you're listening and watching here i have no idea what's going on i'm just trying to do a podcast and talk about what i'm doing if this not exactly sure if like I'm supposed to be acting or rehearsing a line or doing my act, but this is for you guys. I mean, you're the host, but like, how am I supposed to interact no, with just, the audience? Just They're with the me. ones the that audience, I want to talk to. The audience is gone. There's no audience. It's See, just it's just the four like of the, us in this room. Yeah, I, 
I'm You're a performer. The Nick's you okay. You want the audience. Yeah. Nick's okay. You can, all right, you all can, right. Nick's our audience, man. Okay. He's talking. Well, He's them. talkative. I miss the but, audience. You know. Do you struggle not being in front of the audience? Is that where you feel most comfortable is in front of a crowd? Do you like uh, attention, Shay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think that it's just a different dynamic. And, I w- and the Something Different show, when I started in 2010, I was working with a program through the Inc. people like a youth outreach video production team and got him to do videotape it from three different angles and edit to edit it together and I was sort of trying to do try and learn how to work with video but back then I believe the camera still had like VHS tapes inserted to the actual device and so I don't know in the past 10 years things have like really cranked up in terms of technology and I'm really thankful that <laughs> Shirley's here helping me with this net upcoming show because uh, I think I'd be a little slow working it all out. I, I apologize to you guys out there. I'll figure this out at some point. Just let let me work with Nick here, and maybe I'll figure out who I'm supposed to be talking to and where the camera. You're talking to me. You don't have to worry about the cameras. What's this one doing? That one's on me. If you don't, so you you seem to want the attention of the audience. That seems to be your natural environment. Shirley's over there. He's kind of more, you know, I don't mind him. I'm just kind of doing me whatever, you know, whatever, whenever. We almost need him specifically for what you guys are doing because. Can't live with them. If you're on stage and nobody's out there watching you. Well, the something different show is interesting because I've also had um, business owners and I have politicians and then uh, the interview part and then the display of their talent or their art piece or product. Uh, becomes sort of like an advertisement for what they do in the upcoming events, and it's uh, like a public service announcement video form. And I guess it would work just in a format like this without an audience, but I, la- I like a-, a laugh track is nice when it's a live laugh track. Mm. You like having the laughs come in. Yeah, and I mean, something different was great for us in that way. I mean, it's a networking opportunity. Just the audience itself had so many cool community members. There were some musicians that we connected with who just, and, uh, you know, seemed excited for photography work, which I'm always really excited to do. And, um, you know, just uh, pushing yourself with the theater, you know, it's just, um, yeah, it's been great for, uh, and I'm excited to see the video stuff and the promotion that can come out of that, too. And so how did you link up with the show, Shirley? How did you come on the scene? Well, um, let's see. Shay asked my partner to do like the lighting and stuff and kind of brought up that the cameras would be like, you know, weren't online yet, but like would be. And I was excited from there on, you know, Um, familiar with Shay's, you know, shtick and lifestyle and performance. And uh, I was totally excited to, you know, be involved in anything he was doing because it always blows up and is amazing. (laughs) And so were you performing as a puppeteer before Finding Shay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I've been involved with something different just in this current iteration. So a few months now. But I've been doing puppets in the community for a few years and uh, video stuff for, yeah, longer than a few years. (laughs) And did you go to school for that? Is that something you just picked up? I was a film major. So, you um, you know, puppeteering is closer to being useful than that. Well, I mean, you're using it filming for something different. There you go. Yeah. Take that, mom. 
wasn't a waste of a degree. No, no, and no. I mean, no. I, 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 I joke a lot, you know, because students are the worst. But uh, no, it's been a great skill to have, you know. And I, I appreciate the connection. You know, it's great to work. You know, you meet really cool people. You know, everyone's wanting video these days. You know, everyone likes media. Well, I mean, the internet is the great equalizer nowadays. Certainly. You like playing for the audience, huh? <laughs> Are they there? I mean, I don't know what's going on here. Well, There's you only four of you us. Seem enthralled. I mean, should I be... Do I you... mean, I can entertain Cam on I know, but when you're here. up on stage and you're interviewing the person, are you playing to the audience or are you playing to the person? when you're in, Because you have to interview for your show. Yeah, I like stand up and shake people's hands. Like That's well, all you do. But just... Yeah, that's all I do. No, like I break the fourth wall, like literally go up to people that are sitting in the audience and be like, hi, I'm Shay. What's your name? As you're interviewing the person on stage or in between? In between? Yeah. Well, that, that, so the way we, we made a big reveal for the whatnots. Damn, and surely. It's very special. Show. Yeah. So I like <clears throat> got up, like poked all the audience, made sure they knew that I was there and this wasn't like a podcast. That they could change the channel, they let, and then I got them all to stand up, turn on their lights on their phones, and shine them at the light booth, like turn 180 degrees, so that they we had light on the puppets that were in the light booth, and then the puppet stage that was on stage with Bobby Burns, they like talked to each other, so that the audience had to like turn around looking to the stage and then behind them as the scene was going on. Really confusing. <laughs> I and, like that stuff, you know? It's almost like a sporting event where the audience has to mitigate where their attention can go. You know, it's what makes it kind of special. You know, you just, you can't do that in a video. Uh, so how much of your act is audience engagement versus you just doing your thing? Is most of it audience engagement? Because with puppets, I would assume most of it is you. You guys have a script, you're doing your thing. Yeah. Audience we, engagement is just butter on top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a happy accident that anyone shows up at all. Yeah, but but for you, what I've seen. Uh, sorry, I, I was thinking about how to like do something fancy for the camera over here. What was the question? I think that just answered it. I yeah. I think that. Well, you clever we, sorry, I was I was distracted. What were you guys talking about? I do want to ask because I read over what would you call it your your life up until now, the blog post that you wrote? It was until my mom died. I was I moved back here in um, 2017 after touring, being on tour for like 10 years. And uh, I had like some personal things I had to take care of. And it was a good time to like sort of process my life until when my mom died, which was a pivotal moment in my life. And it was called Tears of a Clown and was the plan to turn that into... A book? Was it more just therapeutic, you writing about your life? I mean, am I supposed to, like... You tell me in the comments. Should I read it out loud and just make an audio file? Or should I get, like, a fancy garage and put, like, a sheet behind me and, like, read it on video? Or... We can't get a garage, How? Hey. how yeah. I, I have this garage. Oh, I have, uh, I have like... I. Shit. We got we got we got a lot of garages with sheets. We got garage money. Yeah, yeah. We got all the sheets. You guys could start your own podcast. Sounding like it. <laughs> I get. I, I don't know. Tell us in the in the comments. If it's a good don't idea. Tell. And so, 
where I was going with that was <laughs> you got hit by a car when yeah. you were dead. Shit. Yeah. Are you okay? Um, it explains a lot, doesn't it? Well, no, I think well, it could explain your trajectory. I mean, normally when people <laughs> go through something like that. <laughs> that uh, you're trying to have innu- innuendos, huh? No, I'm My being... trajectory when <laughs> I went through something like that? I didn't mean it like that, but yes. When you, you were hit by a car at a young age... 10. 10. And the car was going, what, 30? Uh, yeah. 25, 30, yeah. Did that change your personality in any way? Did that change you? Because you had to relearn how to talk, right? Um, yeah, I mean, the story... I, I was in a coma... And for hours, and then um, I was in the hospital for 28 days just with uh, physical therapy. Um, and I don't know, my brain was just all mixed up. But, you know, my parents were trying to make me talk again. And I could make noises. And so my dad was like, can you say da? Da. Can you say D? D. Can you say daddy? I said no. From then on, I could just like speak fluently. It was really weird. Um, but to I had it was in a, like April or something, so I'd missed a bunch of school. And then that summer after I got out, they had to like give me all the remedial. I had to like take the final for first grade and take the final for second grade up to sixth grade. <laughs> then I could go get back in my grade again. But I mean, I I did it, but. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a educational rounding out by being learning everything twice. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, did it did it affect your personality? Do you feel like you're the same person you were before that accident? Because you hear when you have a traumatic brain injury like that, it can kind of alter your personality. Um, I think I was too young to really have uh much of a personality but what one thing was um my mom was a hippie right my name's jay freedom holder my stage name is shay free love but that's because my middle name is love so it's shay love freedom holder and um my mom was hippie mama and i had my hair grown out to my shoulders and sort of like um gender neutral sort of youth and uh they had to cut my hair with when i got hit by a car to you know sew my head back together and so um from then on out i sort of tried to find my identity as you know whatever it was but not being like forced into some sort of what my mom wanted me to be and i guess yeah that was why i went more punk rock instead of Hippie, old, classical. That's kind of when you revolted. Was after the accident. I've always been revolting. <laughs> oh shit! Just on fire. But uh-huh. uh, also on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Have you? So you caught your face on fire. Uh, Blowing fire. Where? Like I, you don't even look like you were on fire. I used to have a bunch of acne scars. Oh, but I you got rid of I burned them off. Is one way to do it. Um, <laughs> so the first time was the first time was worse because I I caught myself on fire twice. So I uh, I like had the was that I was, it was like shortly after I learned, and so I was like nineteen or young, you know, 
and uh in college at a keg party we uh, we were uh we were just getting into juggling me and my pals and so we had torches and fire ploy and we would crash any keg party and do our fire and get free booze right um but i was like doing my thing i had had the you have a cup of fuel that you get the fuel in your mouth from i sat down on the ground and i was like depending on how how hard you breathe the mist you can sort of see where the mist becomes fire and where that ignition point is and so stupidly on that moment i was all like what happens if i let it get a little closer to my mouth and i was making a lot of mistakes and uh, i caught all the fluid in my mouth on fire and my face caught up because there's some on my chin still and then uh, i like rushed to the ground i had a towel or something and i was getting my face put out but that cup that had set down i knocked it over and somehow like got on fire again and then i still had fuel on my face so my face caught on fire again and like my friend had to tackle me and like put me out no that was uh the first time i badly burned my i mean I, doing this stuff you like injure yourself minorly often but like that was like 60 percent of my face bad and then um another time was uh i went to this band battle at um with a undisclosed group at undisclosed location and uh there's probably like thirty thousand people on these lawns watching all the bands and i like was gonna try and time it at the end of this song like breathe fire then there's like a break and then like some drum solo thing and then another break and then like the very end of the song but i was like first break i catch myself on fire like i hit the ground and put it out and then the second break i like stand up look i'm still alive and like the audience was silent great puppeteer puppeteering is starting to sound like the way to go a little little safer play Oh, don't be fooled, Nicholas. It's pretty crazy. We get into some hairy shit, you know? I mean, I, I you don't think I've ever burnt myself on my grandma's hot glue gun? Pretty bad. Equally traumatizing. Yeah, I'm getting over it, you know? Are you doing voices for your puppets? Yeah, I would do some voices. Where are you going with that? I was just, I was just <laughs> asking. Um, I, I prefer, I like to perform as Lily. She's like kind of a hippie chick, you know, and she kind of sounds like this, you know, very, uh, you know, not condescending, just wants to be helpful. Maybe you want some vegan food, some options, you know, it's fun. And so you and Cam, you guys are a duo act Mm -hmm. on this. Cam plays this total stoner bear who's kind of an idiot and getting in Lily's way a lot. And so it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Are you guys writing out? your scripts for that do you guys just riff when you get out there no neither of us i, I think i'm a pretty comfortable improver actually but w- you know with the puppet i just kind of freeze up a little we, we script pretty heavy and we we rehearse i mean we've done shows kind of just like walking to them and figured out things on the way and, and those have been great but um yeah most of the time we're working from a from a page and so when we're talking puppets what kind of puppets uh, we primarily perform like Henson style where you're, you know, flapping the jaw with your thumb. Um, but we've got, uh, Cam really prefers a style called Bunraku where, uh, and I'm, you know, 
Wikipedia is out there, but uh, I, I, it's where you have multiple people holding multiple parts. You might have like a head and body in a hand, you know, and kind of performing together has been really fun in that way. And we're trying to sort of integrate maybe some more flow arts into that, have like juggling. It's like a wizard, so maybe I'll like take some balls out. But um, marionettes too, you know, have been fun. Are marionettes kind of the most common one that people think of when they hear puppets? That's what I thought of. Oh, really? I, th- I feel like Henson's style is really taken over. The flappy... J- Everyone talks about a sock, you know? But um, I love marionettes. They are, you know, a pain to work with. All the strings. I, I- I've uh, started just... Um, putting like uh, eye hooks on things and then just putting fish hooks into that. So you can take the strings on and off and untangle and retangle them, you know, cause it was just trying to like build something where it was knotted was just, you know, too, 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 a lot hard. Of work. too hard for me. Yeah. Are you guys making your own puppets? Uh, we like to, you know, and um, we definitely have plans to, you know, bring in some characters that we've made. Um, but right now, you know, we, we perform as things. Uh, Cam made one of them and helped make the other, I think. Uh, part of our program. I think they're from the show Avenue Q, although I don't like to say that. And did was both of you were into puppets before you met each other? Yeah. Is that how you guys found each other? Was through the puppet community? Just the theater in general. I actually, when I was a film student, I needed some some circus folk for a film, and Cam was a point person for that. And then and that was through the the circus club that like Shay started, and so that's kind of how I met Shay. And, and again, it gets very incestuous very quickly. <laughs> That's the circus club at HSU you started. The Humble Circus, yes. Is that still going on? Yeah. 23 years. Wow, congratulations. I think there's a show date uh, April 20th, we just confirmed. So, you know, be, be looking for your Be handles. on the lookout for that. Yeah. And did you start that out of a necessity because there wasn't an avenue when you were going to HSU or just a yeah. desire to build a community around it? Um. Well, I, I didn't have, like, the best GPA getting out of high school. Uh, I tried to apply to some fine arts colleges, like auditioning as like a f- actor, monologues and stuff. And I applied to Del Arte International and them and Cal Arts and whatever prestigious place turned me other p- prestigious place turned me down. I uh didn't get into any of them, but I did get into Humboldt State, which was right next to Del Arte. I figured there'd be some sort of training program or something, you know, leading me up to go to Del Arte afterwards. But there wasn't. There's just this one class taught by Jill Houston called Action, Theater, Movement, and Mime. And I took that class like six times. <laughs> and every class that the teacher, Jill, would teach. And... um and it just uh, took it from there. I dropped out because uh, no one ever asked me for a resume when I can juggle on a double-decker rollabola. They don't really ask where I learned or what my credentials are. is. Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem as important if you can actually perform. That seems like that would be the more critical part. Right. And so you dropped out to go overseas is that when you went to singapore and started performing uh yeah i was i got my big break in singapore and it was in december of 2016 i had gone to um guatemala earlier in the year with clowns without borders i wanted to just keep traveling 
So I responded to like an email and found this agent in Singapore. I was doing like 30 shows, um, two or three shows a day, corporate shows, birthday parties, uh, community events, getting paid really good money. But my mom passed away the day after Christmas on December 27th. Um, and I had to give up a bunch of gigs and then came back right away. But yeah, I, it, she was she was alive during my first big break and my first humanitarian traveling group, but then uh, after that, I was just kept doing that instead of uh, going back to school. And decided to stay over here instead of going back. Uh no, right? No, I went to Singapore. Oh, wait, I got invited to Hong Kong like six months after. Oh, after your mom passed, you went back out. Yeah, I I did like three more tours of Singapore. We did I brought eight people to Hong Kong, started the Free Love Circus. Uh I started touring to to I did the corporate shows in Hong Kong and then I got uh Clowns Without Borders gigs in Kenya twice. Uh and then I booked my own sort of madcap tour across Europe, um, from France to Hungary and back. And then I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival three times. And then I decided to move back here. Is the market better overseas? Is that kind of where you want to be if you're going to be performing? Then Arcata. Well, then anywhere in the States. I think that the Arcata, Eureka, McKinleyville, Blue Lake metropolitan area does not have much to offer in terms of audiences. I'm sorry, guys. Maybe this is the way to do it because there's only three people listening to me where is everybody and i know you yeah you're kind of here just by proxy you're like i i was i guess I'll come. yeah <laughs> i guess i'll come on <laughs> no uh yeah is that is that the case though like more gigs overseas not as many in the states or just not as many in this part of the states um well you got you gotta start somewhere and get your foot in the door i hmm. learned that the Learned doing street shows at the Arcata Farmer's Market and just did little shows after the band was done for years and years and years. And I that's where I learned, and that's where I got the video to send to the guy in Singapore to get that gig. Mm. But you you got to make up gigs and do it how you can. And uh, I, I like responding to a podcast. If anyone else, any viewers out there have another way to help me find ridiculous audiences like you guys supposedly then um you know it's you can mail me at free love circus at yahoo.com and uh, find me on facebook under shea free love i do talk to like talking to cameras pretending like it's an animate object hopefully there's someone back there listening i'm not sure but i i i have ideas and try and put them in on stage and engage with them. And the something different show is sort of one of the most creative ones I've found. I feel like it, it's a device to help the community. It's also a way for, I, I let the guests do most of the work and it's a lot. And, and it's cool to see the talent out there that is, and even politicians are, and business owners, people have something special to share and, even if it's just to a camera, then that's great and all. But like in front of a live audience, if you can be 
you get good at stuff or and if you can show it off and get appreciation even if it's just from a camera or maybe comments if you guys want to comment or press the like button then you know it makes you feel like what you've done and the your uh sort of experience and education means something and that you're not just talking to no one or just an empty camera that maybe or maybe not is playing for anyone or someone but also perform for small audiences whatever audience it is if you're able to you know give a piece of your heart to a room of three people and they're the only ones that hear then that, that's good too but it it's cooler when there's an outlet or some way to like reach more people that audience out there in front of you and yeah, it's been really interesting. I've always known you through like certain as a circus person, we've bonded over our love of that, you know, and it's been really interesting seeing you as this like kind of talk show host on something different. I just feel like it's uh it's really grounded, you know, you connecting with people, you know, which again probably probably the working of the audience, but maybe maybe the the guests are a little audiencey there. I I don't know what it all means, Shay. But yeah, um it is a special different show for you, I think. Well, it'll be interesting to see where you guys take that now that you guys that COVID's over and you guys are back up and hitting the ground running. Well, there's a lot of elements to this show, and uh, it, it'd be really nice to hear from uh, the other hardworking um, integral parts of the show, Cam and Sean. Sean Powers I've worked with. I've traveled all over the place with. I've been working with him for 20 years or so, and we have really good material with each other as host and then i've also worked with camille for a long time and they do a wonderful job with the tech and so hopefully we can bring them back next month and we can publicize the the um april something different show because that'll be something different <laughs> is sean the co-host yeah he's bobby burns and and bobby burns. He he actually operates another kind of puppet right. that we didn't talk about, and that's Sean's called a legend. Yeah, that's called a vent puppet. Uh, it was made popular by Edgar Bergen, who had a puppet by the name of Charlie McCarthy, and you can use one hand. And it's sort of like a knob with like a roll dial that you can go like this, and then like another thing that you can go up and down with. Like you're holding a stick, and you use your thumb mostly. And you can make the eyes look back and forth, make the eyes open and close, make the mouth open and close, and then you sort of go like this. And then you can also use your other hand to be the puppet's hand. And so that's called a vent puppet when you have all those articulations head. And so Bobby Burns is a vent puppet, and um, Sean Powers, that's his, that's his puppet. He's got a whole story about it. And hopefully our gracious host from today will, um, you know, Tell us on air that he'll bring him up next month. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely think about it, kick it around. Sean's a legend. He does a lot of uh, shadow Sean powers. Yeah, he does a uh, shadow puppetry in the area too. So if you've seen any shadow puppetry, very likely connected with him or, or groups inspired by. I just feel like he's really seeded that in this community. Um, really cool stuff. Um, and he's performed uh, as as a puppeteer for like decades. If if if, if I recall, Cam, is that what? He's been in the game for a while. Yeah, he's a Sacramento dude. And, uh, you know, just been taking it everywhere. And then again, stymied by COVID. But he was doing school shows and just this whole um, just arena of performance that I didn't know existed, you know. Um, 
you know, we always kind of thought we'd be doing puppeting out of a shoebox, you know, and finding, you know, uh, mature people that have like made a lifestyle out of it. You know, Sean's a cool guy. Just to holler out to all those people from Sacramento out what? there. What, what? 209 Lodi. It's kind of by that. And Cam's also from Sacramento, so we got some Sacramento vibes going on here. Where are you and coming uh, from, Nick? I'm from here. Oh, sweet. Rays, yeah. Oh, that's a great place. We we'll let you get away with it. Yeah, that. thanks. <laughs> I appreciate the pass. Uh, Shay, Shirley, I appreciate you guys coming on and talking about so the show, man. So yeah. when is this going to be on air? It's out right now. What do you mean? It's all out. Where? Everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Shay, I've been listening to it Facebook. on my phone this whole time. What? Yeah, it's yeah. out there. Do you guys want to plug again where people can find you, where they can find the show, the show next month, all your stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so the Whatnots, do you guys have any upcoming? Yeah, we go as Whatnot Productions on Facebook and YouTube, and we have a lot of great videos up. Again, the animations and starting to get into some music. So follow us for that and shows. I think, I think you're the next thing we're doing, Shay. Something different is probably, what's the date on that? That is on February 22nd at the Exit Theater in Arcata. It's 890 G Street, and it's upstairs above the mattress store, and it will be starting at 7 o'clock. We've got guest stars. We've got AOK the Clown. We've got Rachel Sanders, the belly dancer. We've got Orion Peterson-Jones helping us with music, and um, it's going to be a wonderful show. There's more. Who is it? Who are we missing? Oh, that's everyone I've Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited about AOK. Every time you bring it up again, I'm like, oh my God, he's just been in the background of the community for a minute. So the final person is our politician, Paul oh. Patino. And so <laughs> cool. it, it, we're going to make him like dance or do something. off his hat or do something different than just talk about politics. But he's he's a politician. Okay, well that should be exciting. So uh, seven o'clock, February twenty second, the Exit Theater, and um, yeah, I've had a great time being on this podcast. Hope you guys have too, and um, I'll figure this out someday. Growing pains, right? growing pains. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>